What's going on, Seven Figures Nation? Leo Cadell here with another episode of the Seven Figures Club podcast. Today, my friends, we've got a guest again. The purpose of this podcast is to help you to build a seven figures business. Only five to six percent of business owners ever accomplish that. And so we bring in awesome guests who are going to teach you and give you strategies, tactics, and tools to help you along that path. And today's guest, John Lewis, is going to be providing a lot of value bombs to help you grow that business. I know some of you in the audience, you know, you've been thinking about it. Maybe you've started a side hustle and boy, you need some support. You need some tools to be able to get you there. John Lewis is going to be a fantastic person, a mentor to help you uh, get there. So to give you a little bit uh, of backstory on John, he's a mentor who has worked with over 500 clients, a lot of business owners. He has helped hundreds more in business, sports, and life. He's got a sports background. He coached them on how to turn their knowledge, their passion into money and into businesses that are meaningful to the communities and their families. John teaches a lot of strategies in sportsmanship and business. His current company, he built, helps people leverage their knowledge into an online business. He's originally from New Orleans. Maybe he's a Saints fan. We'll find out uh, later about that. Uh, he received a scholarship from Baylor College for basketball. He found himself in and out of uh, plentiful situations. Uh, his one story about having a few dollars uh, to his name, but still managing to find a way to build a disaster relief company in Puerto Rico. That's awesome. Um, this is just one of the impacting topics we'll talk about today. Uh, he's a life changer and a motivator to many. He is now married with a baby girl and wife. Uh, currently happily living in Texas, but working around the world uh, like so many other successful virtual lifestyle entrepreneurs. And he has built a $2 million, uh, or he has built two, not one, but two million dollar companies already. And he's helped clients make a collective amount of a billion dollars in revenue. Wow. He's also an expert when it comes to real estate and short-term rentals. John, welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me today. So, John, we'd love to find out more about your background. What were some of the key events in your life, uh, maybe growing up, that uh, led you to believe, you know what, maybe this entrepreneurship thing, starting my own business, being my own boss is for me. What were some of those key events that led you towards that path of entrepreneurship? That's a great question. And I love you start, let you start with childhood. Um, one of my mentors, he's an actor, his name's Michael Papa John. So for those of you that are movie fans, he kills Uncle Ben in Spider-Man. He's the guy with the blonde spiky hair that's like, put the money in the bag. Uh, but Papa John oh, wow. always coaches us and tells us that a lot of our years from eight to 10 years old end up shaping our life. And for me, that was the case. I feel like I started to become an entrepreneur at like eight years old. Um, so going back to that sports background, for those of you that played recreation basketball, you know that everybody gets picked for the recreation team, right? Like you can't miss the recreation team, even if you're horrible. Well, for me as an eight-year-old, for some reason, they omitted my name. So they missed me on the list. 
I didn't make the eight-year-old basketball team. It was a clerical error or whatever happened. But for me as an eight-year-old, my thought was I must not be good enough. So at that point, I had two options. I could have cried about it as an eight-year-old or I could have got to work. And so I got to work. I was out until like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night shooting buckets. And of course, the story goes that I ended up playing in college and like going on to meet some cool people, play for some great teams. But I feel like my entrepreneurial journey started at eight when I made that decision to put my big boy pants on, go to work and make things happen instead of crying. So. No, I love that. And I think a lot of successful uh, entrepreneurs have some sort of uh, sports background because when you're in sports, you know, it, it, you it's success, it's failure. You, you get used to learning that, hey, you need to get better. You need to improve some of those weaknesses. And uh, what a great story about that. Uh, I've got a, a similar story. And my story was uh, in football and I wanted to be the starting quarterback, didn't do that my junior year, worked all year long every day to win that job as a senior in high school. And I feel like that really led to building a foundation of success in life. And I can see the same thing happen to you. So as you're you know, playing college basketball and going through these different processes, at what point did you think, you know what? Maybe instead of, you know, just working for somebody or just getting a job, maybe if I become an expert, maybe I can become a business owner, an entrepreneur, I can make a bigger impact. What were some of the key events that uh, made you think, you know what, maybe I should look at actually being an entrepreneur, um, you know, versus going the path that most people go, which is more conventional, go work for somebody. Um, how did that happen? It's a great question. So for most of my athletic career, me as a 5'8 point guard, what I lacked in natural height, <laughs> for lack of a uh, better saying, I made up for in hard work. And so I was always known as the guy who worked 10 times harder than everyone else, showed up early, left late. That's what I had to do to make it to that level as a 5'8 point guard. And so when I when that dream came to an end, when I realized I wasn't going to make it pro and I looked at the world, I was like, man, I don't want to be doing something in a job working 10 times harder than other people and still getting paid the same. I was like, I want something in my life that if I put in all this work, all this overtime, all this extra sweat, I want to get paid for that. And so for me, that's where the idea was. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I always joke with people coming from New Orleans, you make it out one of two ways. It's either sports or entertainment. So you either want to be Lil Wayne, Beyonce, or you want to be an NFL, NBA player. Yeah. And so I was genuinely lost after college basketball like I know I don't want to work a normal job but what the heck do I do and as fate would have it that's when I met my first business mentor and this was a guy he loved basketball that's how we got connected he was making about a hundred thousand per week with franchises and real estate and a lot of other different avenues he was only 38 years old so I'm looking at this guy I'm like that's what I want I'm like whatever you're doing that's what I want you to teach me and um, I always say that's the moment that changed my life because he looked at me, he said, okay, I'll teach you, but people that pay, pay attention. And so I'm going to charge you $5,000. I'm not going to give it to you for free. I'm not just going to take you under my wing. If you want it, you got to show me that you want it. And mind you, I'm a dead broke college kid. So I eat ramen noodles still for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't have money. But what I did have is a dream. And I knew that I didn't want to be where my friends were going. I wanted to be more like this guy. And so this is a true story. I sold my shoes. I sold my PlayStation. I was at GameStop, like bartering for games. Like, what can I get for Call of Duty? What can I get for Madden? Uh, finally got all the money together, came back to him. I was like, all right, I got the money, ready to go. And uh, he took me under his wing and 10 years later, of course, it turned into two seven-figure companies, like you said in the bio, but all that never starts and never even begins without finding that mentor and then paying that money, selling all my stuff, 
and really committing to this journey of entrepreneurship. That's that's beautiful, John. And there's something powerful about going all in. And I think that's the biggest problem in today's world is people just want the instant gratification. They aren't willing to make that investment to go all in. And so there you are, young, poor, college kid eating top ramen, but you were resourceful and you found a way to get the money. You said something super important. There are people that pay pay attention. And for everybody out there that's listening right now that wants to build a seven, eight figure business and and create independence uh, for their family and, and have freedom, um, how important is it for them to start out finding a mentor? I think it's everything. I think mentorship is the shortcut to success. Um, and I always say, don't listen to me. I have one of my mentors, he's crossed the billion dollar mark. So I always joke with him. I'm like, when it comes to money, wow. I'm going to ask you questions because you figure this money thing out. And so I asked exactly. him, I was like, if you had to go back in time, what would be the one thing that you did? Like if everything was wiped away, you started from scratch, what's the one piece of advice? And he prefaced it with this. His saying is boring, but rich. He says, people ask these questions and they look for the fancy, crazy answer, but the secret to getting rich is super boring. And that's why most people don't do it. And so he said, if I had to go back in time, the first thing I would do is find somebody to model, which he just says, it's finding someone that's Amen. exactly where I want to be and doing what they do to a T. He says, success leaves clues. This thing isn't super complicated. Find someone that's doing what you want to do and follow their steps to a T. I don't care if I have to pay to get around them. I don't care if I have to drive across state lines, whatever it takes to get around them, that's what I'm gonna do. And I think it's funny because a lot of us always say, well, I value my time way more than my money. And we always make that statement and most people believe they value time more than money. But he's a perfect example of someone who's actually valued time more than money because he would rather pay for someone's 30 years of experience then take the 30 years to try to figure it out himself. And so I always say, don't listen to me when it comes to mentors, listen to the billionaire, because uh, that's what helped him to get where he is. Amen. And the unique thing about uh, the day, you know, the time that we live in and, you know, we're, we're in November of, of 2023 is, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you did have to have a mentor in person that you were, you know, talking with shadowing, et cetera. But in 2023 with technology, um, how do you feel like technology has opened up the ability to, to you know, find mentors so much more easily than maybe 20, 30 years ago? I can even take you 10 years ago. I know that seems like go. a short amount of time, but technology is evolving so quickly. Yes. 10 years ago, I actually, after I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a book by Robert Kiyosaki, yeah. I went looking for a real estate mentor. And this is before Instagram got super big. And I know that sounds crazy, only 10 years ago, but it wasn't as big as it is now. And so I would Google mentors and the only people I could find were wholesalers. Like I literally was searching for a mentor 10 years ago and couldn't find them. Uh, the beauty of it, to your point, is now there's mentors everywhere. There's people everywhere that can teach you how to get from point A to point B. Now, that can become a problem, too, because there's so many fish in the sea. People are like, who do I listen to? Who do I follow? And what I like to tell people is follow somebody that you resonate with. There's no right or wrong. There's a lot of different strategies to becoming successful. Val validate the person. Make sure they're doing what they're teaching. But as long as that's true, then find someone that you resonate with and then burn all your bridges. Commit to that process. I think the problem right now is there is so many options that the moment something gets a little bit hard, most people quit and they want to jump to the yes. next strategy and the next strategy. Yes. So instead of doing that, pick one mentor, commit fully to that strategy and commit to it until you're successful. 
and you'll be successful. That's so true because so many people have, you know, shiny object syndrome. I was uh, just in an event uh, earlier this week, 10X Stages. It's uh, Pete Vargas, Grant Cardone. They help people get on stages and speak and sell their products from stage. And uh, funny enough, there was a lady there who had been in one of our programs. She'd been in other people's programs. And now she was there and she's going to sign up for it. So she's just going from one thing to the next, shiny object syndrome. And if you just c- commit to one and go all in, like that's that's the key. So how do you push through those early obstacles and adversity to actually, you know, go through it because I think they think, oh, it's going to be different here. It's going to be different there. But really, it's it's very similar in each strategy. You just have to commit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you get through some of those uh, early challenges where, you know, probably cross your mind, oh, maybe I should go over here. Maybe I should do this. But you stayed committed to what you were doing. Yeah, that's I think life boils down at the true root and foundation of it to the philosophies that we live by. And so one of the things that I always teach people is to audit your philosophies about life, right? And so growing up, our parents, school, different people, you probably have heard money is the root of all evil. Rich people are bad. You start to develop these philosophies about life. And it's not until you change those philosophies that you can actually be successful. And so I would say same thing for those people. The reason that they're failing is because the philosophy they're living by is the reason I'm not successful is because I haven't found the right strategy. It's all external focus. That's their philosophy. So they have to keep jumping from thing to thing to thing until they find the perfect strategy. And that's what's going to get them to success. What they have to do is they have to change that philosophy and realize that everything begins and ends with them. It's not about the strategy. It's not about the how. It's about you committing. It's about you becoming a better person. And when you adapt that philosophy about your life, you'll stop making the excuse of it's someone else's fault or it's the strategy's fault. And you'll realize it's because I have to get better. We don't want to do that because that takes work. That takes reflection. That takes all the hard stuff. But if you make that your philosophy about life, it's always my fault. It's always me. Then you're 10 times more likely to be successful. No question about it. And John, one of the things that you help a lot of entrepreneurs and especially those who are getting started with a new business with is understanding that marketing and branding and boy, you know, marketing and branding has changed is changing so much with technology. Um, But what are some of you're exactly right when you have principles that you live your life by or that you make decisions by, then it kind of doesn't matter what the new technology is, what the new you live by those principles. What are what are some of the marketing principles you know, you have taught uh, some of your students to create successful businesses and be able to build a, a brand and a marketing strategy that converts. Yep. There's a lot of different uh, techniques. So I'm not going to focus yeah. on the techniques, but once again, I'm going to go back to the philosophies. And yes. one of the philosophies that I teach my students um, is facts tell, stories sell. And so I always joke with them. I say when the Indians were sitting around the campfire, they weren't talking about 10 tips to pick better berries or five tips to catch deer better, right? (laughs) Like when the Indians were sitting around the campfire connecting, they were connecting through stories. And I feel like most people do on social media, everyone's doing the same thing, right? Five tips to this, 10 tips to that, 20 tips to that. That was cool at the very beginning. But now if you want to separate yourself, you need to give people an inside the inside look of who you are as a person, the stories that help to shape you, the beliefs that you have, because those are the things that people are going to truly connect with you on and it's going to build trust. And so in this day of age where everyone's a guru and there's no trust, the way to develop trust is through sharing true stories. 
And I would always tell them this as well. Facts can be debated. Facts are truly just our opinions, like unless you yes. can Google and like reference something. Right. But if you post stories, those are not debatable. You're talking about a true life event. People are way more likely to believe you. They did a psych, um, study psychologically that when you phrase something as a story instead of a statement, people are, I forget the exact percentage, but way more likely to actually believe you because you told it as a story. And so a lot of what we focus on is teaching our clients how to tell a story through their social media, not just go on and talk about five tips, 10 tips, 15 tips. I would say that's one of the biggest uh, strategies and if you learn how to master telling stories, you'll be a lot more successful. Wow. So powerful. You're right. Facts, people forget, but stories are what stay with us. Stories are what inspire us. And then it, it's attraction marketing. At that point, you attract people based on your true story. And so if you're starting out, it's super important that you kind of have an origin story. A lot of people start a business where they... Uh, confronted a problem in their own lives and then they found and built a solution and then that solution you know becomes their business and a lot of a lot of uh, people listening and, and one of the things you really hone in on is helping people with that sports background and then making that transition to business what are some of the keys to doing that successfully and understanding that because you have that background you do have a unique opportunity to actually become an entrepreneur yeah, absolutely. I think that sports gives you the perfect foundation for entrepreneurship. So I'll talk about like how it served me to break into the space, but then how some of those mentalities actually kept me from scaling. And I had to change some of those beliefs as well. And so the things that served me from being an athlete was being a team player. Because I played basketball, it wasn't just me. It wasn't one person yes. that to be successful. I needed a team of people around me. I was a leader on my team because I was the yeah. point guard. I had to get everybody moving in the right direction. I had to encourage everybody, keep everybody's head straight. I think that that served me a lot because if you want to win in business at a grand scale, it will take a team. You can't do it by yourself. Um, I think one of the other principles that really helped me was being coachable. It's funny. I always uh, brag about winning the coaches award. I didn't win the MVP, but I won the coaches award. I was the most coachable player on my team. And I think that that's very important in this day and age, even if you have very. the perfect mentor, perfect coach, if you're not coachable, if you think you know it all, there's no way you're going to continue to grow. And then I think the last thing that served me through athletics was hard work and persistence. Because when you show up to practice and you got to run sprints or you got to do whatever, you can't be like, oh, well, I don't feel like it, coach. You're off the team if you say that, right? So regardless of how you feel, I remember for college dragging myself to practices at 530 in the snow in Lubbock, Texas. And it's like, do I feel like getting up and going through the snow to practice? No, but I got to show up. And so I think that all of those principles from athletics really transition to business. And I think for those of you that are athletes, you have an unfair advantage because a lot of those principles that were instilled in you. Now, when it came, I would say that those principles got me to about 10K per month and they served me really wow. well there. But going past there, what used to serve me actually started hurting me because one of my core philosophies was in order to be more successful, I just have to work harder. And so what I was doing is I was putting in 20 hour days, literally 20 hour days, like nonstop wow. working my butt That's off. impressive. 
and it wasn't my income wasn't changing. And I was so confused. I was like, man, I don't get it. I'm working harder than everybody else out there. Why isn't my income changing? And so that's when I had to adapt the philosophy of if I wanted to be successful, it wasn't just about the work that I put in as an individual. It's about my ability to find other A plus people and empower them to go out and do work. And that's what took me from 10K to 100K months. Huge, huge. So to to kind of unpack every all the value bombs John just dropped on us, he talked a, a little bit about team. You've got to build a team around you. And especially if you want to scale beyond six figures to seven figures, it's leveraging, empowering, and building a, a great team. Uh, it's about being coachable yourself. And then I think it's also about hiring people that are coachable, right? And then exactly that work ethic, that mental toughness. And there's nothing really out there beyond sports that will teach you about mental toughness and how to deal with adversity. And, and so much of it, I think of our uh, newest generations are really struggling with that because they maybe don't have that background or they just never learned how to deal with adversity. And it's so important, whether you're an entrepreneur or in any aspect uh, of life. And so as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you know, you start making progress, you start earning some extra cash. And then it's about, you know, how, where can I, you know, put this money to, to work for me? And one of the, uh, you know, things that you've uh, found a lot of success in is working in the short-term rentals and the real estate space. And, and I think, again, it's, it's not so much about, uh, you know, all of the, the little detailed stuff. I mean, you can learn that from a mentor. You can learn that from courses, probably something you can help them with too. But what are some of your philosophies for making smart decisions when it comes to finding good deals with short-term rentals and real estate? Absolutely. Great question. Um, just to give some context to what I do, all of my clients are real estate investors. So I've been oh, able to see like feeling behind the scenes of meeting with guys like Clever Investor, Cody Sperber, and like uh, one of my clients, right. Bobby Castro, he has about 750 million in multifamily real estate. And so getting to be behind the scenes and help people like that build out education, you learn a lot about putting your money in the right places and having that money work for you. And I think that that's the key there. I think the best way for the average person to build wealth, true wealth, not just money that's here today and gone tomorrow is through real estate investing. And so for me, that's why I built a company around working with a lot of the top investors to learn what are these guys doing that's making them so successful. And then number two, of course, if you surround yourself with those type of people, I had to start investing in real estate for myself. So um, I guess to answer your question, I just believe it's the best way for the average person to build wealth. And it's the place where the rich park their money and have their money continue to make money for them. There's a book that talks about that concept that I really like. It's pretty boring. I'm not going to lie, but it's uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. It's like a, uh, it's a yeah. staple. I don't know if you've read that it's one. A, but it's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. It talks about um, basically it's like, don't eat your children. Like, and I know that sounds kind of morbid, but that's what they talk about in the book. They're like, you make money and then like instantly you want to spend your money on stuff. You're eating your children, yes. like have yes. your children, grandchildren and continue to yes. multiply. And that's what investing in real estate can do for you. Yeah, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are good at making money. But unfortunately, a smaller percentage of them that are good at keeping that money and building on it and real estate and short term rentals and understanding how to build that 
take that money and and build it into something that produces income month after month. And and even, you know, you look at stocks and bonds and they really don't do that. And even dividend paying stocks, very little income, but real estate has this unique ability to produce a monthly cash flow and income while also appreciating and gaining additional value. There's tax benefits, you're paying down a more, I mean, there's so many ways that you can win that you just can't do that really with with uh, any other uh, investment out there. So I, I think, uh, John, at this point, uh, a lot of the audience is saying, wow, I've learned a lot just listening uh, to John today, uh, understanding how to start a business, uh, the right mindset you need, how sports and, and that background can translate into success. And they're wondering, well, what's what's the next step? What What is a step that they can take today? Is there an opportunity where they could be able to work with you, have some mentorship or programs with you? What is the next step that they can take today to take action? I would say before talking about working with me, I would say it's exactly that. It's taking action. Um, yeah. I, they did another study, and I love these studies and books and things like that because it kind of validates things. But they did a study when it comes to action and commitment, and they did a study comparing it to when you ride a horse. And so I don't know how many of you guys have rode a horse, but when you kick the horse, the horse is going no matter what, right? There's no like kicking the horse, take up like wait, 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 no, like I don't want to go. It's like he's, no, he's off. Down. Right. And they did a study where chemically something happens in your body when that horse takes off. Your body knows we have to go. I have to prepare. And so they did another study comparing that to when people truly commit to things. And it's so crazy how advanced our bodies are. They can literally tell the difference between when we're BSing and when we're seriously committed to something. And when they did in the study, when you truly commit to something, chemically, your body does the same thing as taking off on that horse. It's like, holy crap. He's not BSing anymore. This is for real this time. I have to prepare. I have to get ready. And so I would say the most powerful thing that you can do today is instead of just BSing yourself, instead of telling yourself the same story, instead of being committed today, not committed tomorrow, truly commit to whatever it is you're trying to accomplish to the point where your body knows and you know this is for real this time. And that's the way that you'll be successful in this upcoming year. Um, as far as how to work with me or how I can help you out, my tag on Instagram is the athletic CEO. So super simple, the athletic CEO. Nice. And I'm all about giving value first. So if you just DM me the word seven figure funding, I'll know you came from this podcast. And I just want to connect with you, get to know you and see what you're doing. And if I can add any value to you. Oh, I love that. So the the athletic CEO guys on Instagram, start by following them there. You're going to see some daily posts. You're going to see a lot of value. And, and that's what it takes. And I think it's important you know, it's okay to follow multiple, but if you can really hone in on one person, one mentor, one strategy, and the great thing about 2023 is you don't have to, you know, be with John every single day, physically in person, you can learn from everything that he's sharing with you. And that's what's, and, and, and it's so different. Like you can see somebody who online, it's really all about them versus someone who, Hey, I'm here to share value. Here's what's working. Um, here's what's working for me. And just truly out there trying to help somebody. And if you can, if you can tell, you know, having listened to John for the last, uh, you know, several minutes that he's out to deliver value, to make a positive impact and that, and we can all win together. And that's an abundant mindset. So make sure you check him out at the athletic CEO on Instagram. Uh, John, thank you so much for being a guest today, but I do want to leave you with the final word. What's your final word or thought that will actually help people 
to actually commit and take the action because that is definitely one of the biggest uh, obstacles. Yeah. I would say the biggest thing that I did was I stopped making it about myself. I think that when we walk this journey, the easiest way to stay stuck is to stay in your head. What are people thinking about me? What are people saying about me? It's all like internal in your head. And what I had to do is flip it and realize I have a responsibility to change the world because I've been given a gift. And if you're listening to this podcast and you've been given a gift as well. And so I would say, get out of your head, forget about yourself and think of all the people out there you could and should be impacting, but you're not because you haven't committed because you're not taking the steps, make it about them and stop thinking about yourself. And if you give everything to the world that the world needs, the world's going to give it all back to you. And so that's the easiest way I can teach you to get out of your head, commit today and go out and change the world. And I'm rooting for you. Amen. Well said. Well, John, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.